Good evening and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's Friday, um, March 4th. I should have this finished before it's March 5th, but I never know how it's going to go. I'm trying to try to make it, try to not make it a long one tonight. There are so many things that are going on in my life personally right now. There's a reason why I haven't been able to get an abundance of takes on the war as well as the horrendous State of the Union address. War's ongoing. Surprising to most, uh, Kiev has not fallen. However, uh, this really is only a matter of time as things are right now. I'm trying to understand really what um, Putin's end game is here. Right now, his, he's destroyed his economy uh, as far as uh, valuation of his currency, stocks, uh, nations are, he has done something that was not thought possible to unify uh, Europe against him. And that's pretty impressive considering the fact that that he provides most of Europe's uh, energy. Now this has been completely self-inflicted by the Europeans, of course. They're um, their enslavement to the climate alarmism and green energy such, uh, shutting down nuclear plants, which, you know, if you want clean energy, there is nothing that compares to nuclear energy as far as clean energy goes. But natural gas is pretty close second. You don't have slag heaps of uh, rare rare earth metals being... um, smelted like you do in China and other parts of the world where children mining cobalt in Africa for China uh, to provide those battery, the metals for the battery, batteries um, with nuclear like or natural gas for that matter. Uh, The Germans have stepped up. They said that they are going to increase their defense spending. The general for the uh, German regular army has pretty much assessed the pathetic state his army is in. Under the last uh, couple administrations in Germany, they've allowed their military to lapse considerably. They've certainly not made their commitments to NATO, um, for which uh, Donald Trump had called them out rightly. No one thought six months ago that Russia would actually have the ability or would actually invade Ukraine. I hope that somebody thought that. It wasn't on many people's radar, I think. I mean, we're watching it, and of course, the troop buildup. But, you know, we've seen this before. Of course, we have seen this before, you know, in Georgia um, and uh, the Crimea, you know, and even the fact that, you know, and of course Ukraine being defenseless as far as uh, the kind of weaponry they might have otherwise, uh, we can trace back to a, a Democratic administration itself, the Clinton administration, who who essentially assured Ukraine that we'd have their backs in exchange for giving up the world's third largest nu- nuclear arsenal behind Russia and the United States. 
And so Ukraine did it, and we don't have their backs, nor should we. You know, if people want to be free, when they're faced on moments like this, it's time for them to decide what they really want. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, Putin obviously may not be uh, all there mentally at the, you know, there's pictures of him sitting at long tables where he's, you know, 30 yards away from his aides, um, that he seems to have a phobia about COVID and, and other things that he's very isolated, but not with China. And rumor is that when China met, or when Xi met with Putin in, in, at the Beijing Games, that Xi just asked Putin to wait until the Olympics were over before he went into attack. And of course, Putin was glad to comply with that. And so the Games ended that week. He was busting into Ukraine. Now, he's run into a problem in that Ukraine did not roll over and go quietly into that good night. I think that surprised a lot of people in the world. I thought, you know, that most people would think that you, that you have this case where the shock and awe of the Russian army would be such that people would just roll over. Well, that did not happen. And more power to them. Now, do I think that we should not provide any kind of aid to Ukraine? Um, I think that that time period is gone. I mean, they are still getting some aid in, but is it too little too late? And think about what happens to those that are caught assisting Ukraine against Putin, because ultimately, unless Putin comes to his senses, which I don't know that he can, because I'm not sure he has a way out of this and stays in power. That, that, uh, you know, it, when he defeats Ukraine, there's going to be an accounting for all those missiles and bullets and and such that are being brought in. And NATO could very easily look like they provoked an attack on, say, Poland or the Baltic states by shipping these weapons to Ukraine. Here in the United States, you even have Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, calling for a ban of Russian uh, petroleum coming into the United States. And while I agree with that, I think that the president needed to be forthright in presenting the situation for him to blame the high cost of gasoline on the invasion of Ukraine is insane. Okay, so we have 50 cents a gallon here in Paola, Kansas. That gas has gone up since the invasion of Ukraine. 
That doesn't account for the dollar a gallon that gas was up since Putin, since uh, Biden was elected. Now, of course, the Biden administration is saying, well, you know, they've got a lot of leases and options that they are not yet using. Never mind the fact that the Biden administration is trying to take those back. Um, businesses plan for decades, not months or not years. And so they're not going to go and open everything up and drill when they may have no future. They have to have um, options available so that over the long term they can maintain a profitability. Of course, nothing says moron like us sending arms to Ukraine while we are financing Putin's war with Ukraine. I'll be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Snake River Lib. I'm not sure if I thanked you earlier for listening, but I will do so now. I appreciate it that you do. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about even as we speak, even as Russia is engaged with a horrific war in Ukraine, Russian representatives are working with the U.S. and Iran to bring back the old Iran deal, or rather a new and improved Iran deal. Now, mind you, President Obama uh, never had the treaty ratified. Of course, he, he, he knew that it, he would never get the two-thirds vote to support sending hundreds of billions of dollars to the Iranian mullahs. And so somehow he found people that, uh, Republicans, that passed a resolution essentially saying that unless two-thirds vote against it, it's okay. How a Republican did that, I don't know. But it's stuff like that that helps Republicans to not get a very clear majority in the Senate. And a very critical election year this year is coming up. And while I would would rather see a, a nonpartisan Congress coming in, I also realized that, you know, until, until we have some sort of cataclysmic shift here in the United States, it's going to be a bipart, uh, uh, two-party system where at best a libertarian or an anarchist or communist or whatever are going to take up the guise of a party similar to what uh, Bernie Sanders has done. Uh, who is a democratic socialist, yet he caucuses with the Democrats. 
so libertarians are going to just have to be content with with uh, being a Republican or uh, something like that. But back to the Iran deal. Russia, a country that has invaded their neighbor, blatantly violating a treaty with that neighbor, is the one that's brokering the Iran deal. This is certainly evidence of Russian collusion, if you ask me. Because certainly we should be demanding that someone else, not China, take over on this brokerage. Russia does not have our best interests in heart, just like Russia does not have the best interests of Europe at heart. All he cares about is the money flowing in. And how does he do that? I am sure that the Iran deal is going to have plenty of skim off the top for Putin. But he's not just content with that. Did you know that the Russians have spent tens of millions of dollars promoting green energy? Probably there's ties to the Green New Deal, but don't. I'm not saying that that you can quote me. It reminds me of Al Jazeera back when they were promoting all this anti-fracking nonsense all the while being paid by um, um, Gulf countries uh, as a result of the revenue from their oil. And this is the same with Russia. You know, Russia um, was threatened by the United States not only being energy independent, but becoming a net exporter of fuel, in particular natural gas, to Europe. Again, to this day, the Biden administration says there's no connection with the Biden's uh, executive orders in the first week of taking office to cancel leases, to to ban a new exploration on federal lands, to cancel the Keystone Pipeline and any kind of activity in Anwar. He artificially limited the supply of fuel. And now he's got caught with his pants down because of it. What a moron. I'm sorry to say, I, I, I would like to know who's calling the shots because the president this weekend, as it turns out, is in oh, Delaware again. Limited to one event a day or so that he's in the public. 
frequently states that whether or not the staff will allow him to answer any questions or not. One must ask, who is it that's running the government? You see, here's the thing. Here we go. Right before State of the Union address, CDC changes its guidance about masks indoors. Now, what I'd like to say is, what science did you receive when you were criticizing Governor DeSantis of Florida for eliminating mask mandates? And Glenn Youngkin, Youngkin of Virginia, and you called him a fascist. What science changed between when you did that, and that was January for Governor of Virginia, and right before the State of the Union address. Of course, there's no biological science to it. Because we've known, based on CDC's own studies for over a year, that cloth masks are worthless and that paper masks are only slightly less worthless. And if you're somebody that wears the same paper mask as you go in and out of stores and day to day, then it becomes even less worthless than it already is. I'm not even sure where to go from there. Um, I saw on the schedule, the Kansas City Royals schedule, they have this, of course, they're on strike, so we don't know what's happening, but... Uh, Major League Baseball has canceled the first two series for each team. So Kansas City is going to open against the, the, the Guardians. And I had no idea who the Guardians were, but then I looked it up and saw it was Cleveland. Formerly known as the Indians. Of course, I'm dead shaming, dead naming them there, aren't I? Just like the Washington Redskins, if I was to so choose. Or even the Washington football team now, right? Because they're the Washington Commanders. You know, people don't name team names, product names, product logos. Because they want to make fun of them. Although one could be debatable about Chief Wahoo and what the Indians had become. But by and large, and Trojans, of course, for the fact that they fell for a wooden horse. But by and large, people name teams to honor whatever it is that they're naming them. You know, The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, the Fighting Seminoles of Florida State, the Fighting Illini of Illinois, U of I, the Fighting Sioux, the Utes. Even the Redskins. These names were given as names of honor. And yet, they're all disappearing. 
I think part of it uh, can be explained by another Ayn Rand work, and I will talk about that the next time. Got to get up too early in the morning, and so I'm going to stop there. Have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, I'll post when I am able. And remember to mind your business. It's the lib. <laughs>